Classically Trained, episode 34. to another episode of the Classically Trained Podcast. I'm your host, John D. Harrison. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out the show notes at classicallytrained.net slash 34 for episode 34. The reason you want to do that is you're going to find information about today's interview as well as a place you can go to enter to win a pair of tickets to the Miami performance of Final Fantasy A New World. That's coming up on January 23rd, so you want to make sure you jump on the link. You can find it in the show notes at classicallytrained.net slash 34. Now, today's guest is amazing. I really had a great time talking with Mr. Roth, and, and I could just hear his passion, and you will too, that he has for music and his excitement that he's enjoyed from the fans of Final Fantasy. This is a very special interview. It's near and dear to my heart. I had a chance to attend and see Mr. Roth perform for Final Fantasy Distant Worlds back in 2013 down in Miami. And I am really looking forward to the upcoming performance January 23rd, also down in Miami, uh, at the University of Miami campus. It's the the, uh, Gusman Theater. So be sure to check that out. If you're in the area and you have a chance to see it, please come out and support them. It is a night to be remembered. And also check out the website. You can find that out at ffnewworld.com where you'll actually be able to see a list of upcoming shows. And the tour schedule includes worldwide, uh, everywhere from Australia to the United States to Malaysia, really anywhere in the globe. And they're adding shows all the time. So you want to make sure you check out the website ffnewworld.com and stay tuned for more. In the meantime, let's jump into today's interview. I am excited to welcome Mr. Arnie Roth. He is an American Grammy award-winning conductor, composer, and recording producer. He's best known for conducting numerous concerts for video game music. He is also a classically trained violinist and a member of the Grammy award-winning music group Mannheim Steamroller. Mr. Roth is also the principal conductor and music director of the Chicagoland Pops Orchestra, play a video game symphony, and several Final Fantasy concerts, in particular, the upcoming Final Fantasy A New World. So please, welcome to the show, Mr. Arnie Roth. Welcome. How are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you, John? I'm doing quite well. Uh, appreciate your time here, and I am very excited. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I love the Final Fantasy series. I love the music, and there's nothing quite the same as seeing a live performance. So this is an honor, and I look forward to sharing uh, these ideas and this experience with others. So let's jump right into the questions. I'm curious, how did you first become involved with music composed specifically for video games? Well, that that was a... Um a path that I couldn't have predicted. Um, if you would 
be asking me that question 10 or 12 years ago, uh, I wouldn't actually see that around the bend, actually. Um, you can review my my uh, resume and the, my activities in the music and entertainment uh, business, um, which stretches back a good number of years. But I've worked with many different artists. At the time, around 2003, 2004, um, and 2005, around those years, I was um, uh, music director and conductor of the Chicagoland Pops Orchestra. I still conduct them um, and in a uh, more of a, a single performance kind of situation. But back then, we were doing a uh, full subscription series of three, four, five concerts a year. And as music director, I was programming um, a lot of different things for the for the orchestra to perform. That was at the Rosemont Theater in Chicago. And as such, you you look you do a lot of research and you look around for things that um, that would be not only attractive within a subscription series, but maybe might be interesting on a single event basis. And a colleague of mine called my attention to the fact that there had been concerts of video game music in Japan for many, many years and at that point, there had still never been any concerts of video game music, proper concerts, um, at that point in North America or in Europe. Um, it it had only occurred in Japan, which seemed amazing that it would still be waiting that long. And so we took a good long look at that and eventually decided to try it. Uh, specifically the music of Final Fantasy. This was the Dear Friends uh, concert tour, music from Final Fantasy, a very short concert tour. And it turns out that we did the very first public concert of the music of Final Fantasy in North America. Um, that was in February of 2005. Uh, that was the first time I met Nobu Uematsu. And all of my involvement from of uh, video game music in concert stemmed from programming that first concert. Uh, Nobu and I um, definitely hit it off and um, were excited about working together on other projects. After that point, he re requested that I conduct the rest of the Dear Friends concerts in the U.S., which were, there were only five or six of them. Uh, Detroit Symphony, Dallas Symphony, Atlanta Symphony, a couple of others. Um, so I did that. We had great fun doing it. And um, after that point, we started working on more and more pro projects together. Uh, more, more Friends, uh, Music from Final Fantasy was a single concert that we presented in Los Angeles. I produced a CD for Square Enix for that. Um, and then uh, Square Enix invited me to conduct their own concert because Square Enix had been doing music from, from Final Fantasy concerts in Japan since, I don't know, maybe 1999, 1998, something like that. Um, they had been presenting their own concerts. So I was actually flattered to be asked to present, uh, to be the, the conductor of their own concert, which was called Voices music from Final Fantasy. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was the only 
non-Japanese performer on that concert. Uh, Nobu and Square Enix wanted me to come in for that. After that, we were asked by Square Enix and Nobu Uematsu to develop a a touring model um, of the music of Final Fantasy that could go around the world, that could go to many other territories in the world that had never heard the music of Final Fantasy live in concert. Um, and that's exactly what what Distant Worlds was. It was born in 2007 and has been touring around the world since that point, which is actually, to date, a remarkable record. I mean, that we're, we've already completed eight years of of touring, of concert tours and concerts around the world. And uh, right now we're working very hard on the scheduling of all the celebration events of the 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy, which will be in uh, the second half of 2017. So, you know, the tour goes on and it's very exciting. Um, It was in 2014 after at least two or three years of of asking Square Enix um, to help us put together and develop a chamber music concert series that we launched A New World. Uh, The first performances were in London in in February of 2014. And uh, it was a very exciting uh, beginning to the concert series. And the concept is that Distant Worlds is the big full orchestra, chorus, video screen concert production. Um, So we generally have over 100 musicians on stage along with video screen. It has to play larger uh, venues and in major cities. And it's just simply not possible to play that gigantic production everywhere in the world. Um, Or even in North America, for instance, to play in some of the smaller markets or... um, we really wanted to have a production that would have more flexibility, that would be smaller and able to be brought into universities, conventions, um, and also more easily tour um, than Distant Worlds. It, a lot of things have to come together for Distant Worlds performances, and it generally takes months and years of preparation for that. With A New World, we're able to put together these concerts a little more quickly um, and we're specifically looking for venues that are more in the 500 seat capacity, um, as big as maybe eight or 900 seats. And uh, oftentimes we're playing in, in uh, concert halls that are 400 seats. So we play with 11 musicians, and it's quite an intimate experience. Um, we try to perform music that's completely different from distant worlds or, or very close to completely different. Uh, almost all of the repertoire is completely different. So this, I, I love this model. I mean, it just, it, when I first heard about this, um, just a, a little later at the end of, uh, I guess it was 2015, we're just leaving here. Um, the concept was very exciting because I remember the sense of envy I had going back to the early 2000s when I first heard about live performances like this and realizing that they were limited to kind of these big venues. And it was one of those things you probably had to take a plane to get to if you didn't live in the city. And so being able to be flexible like this is really incredible. Yeah, I I thank you for you know noting that. I think that that is an important part of it. I have to tell you that the the fans of Final Fantasy uh, globally are just the most fantastic 
and loyal fans that there are. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in all my years of concerts, both classical, operatic, pop, rock, anything. There's nothing that rivals Final Fantasy fans. They are so dedicated to the music of Final Fantasy. Um, you know, we were just performing in Chicago, Distant Worlds and A New World. We did both of those concerts side by side. Um, and, you know, it's amazing, but almost, well, more than half the audience had been to two, three, four, five, six performances, some of them many more than that, of Distant Worlds or of A New World already. And we have just started that. Um, it It really is a testament to... The fact that um, both of these concerts are very different experiences. I was actually very tickled to hear so many of the people that we met after the concert, after A New World, saying how, given a choice of the, the two concerts, they almost prefer A New World because they are able to be sitting so close to the performers and, and can more easily grasp and understand all the elements of the music Distant Worlds is such a big kind of behemoth. I mean, it's fantastic, the power and the the weight of the production. Uh, we love doing it. But, but the the uh, intimacy of A New World means that they can very clearly pick out what every single instrument is doing at any particular time. Um, and I think that that music education element of it is a very important item. Um, if you consider how many of us heard the original original soundtracks of this music, many were designed for small ensembles. Um, you know, they weren't massive orchestras. Later, they, they started recording audio, of course, and so they could do full orchestra recordings or rock band or uh, jazz band or choruses. But so much of the Final Fantasy stuff was born with, you know, the music being played on computer chips and 8-bit data. Uh, a lot of those themes still stand today. They've been developed into different arrangements now, but um, it's it's kind of fascinating to return to that format of, let's say, just a string quartet or solo piano, or, or in, even in the case of where we use all 11 musicians on stage playing together, it's still such a very discreet and interesting pairing of instruments Um that I, I think that the fans really relate to that, to really being able to wrap your head around all of the, uh, all of the performers um, much more easily in a new world. Well, I, I know the distance world was overwhelming. I was able to attend uh, when you were down here in Miami uh, in 2013. Mm -hmm. And I was just amazed that the, it was down at the arch center. There was packed, I think it was sold out. If it wasn't, it sure felt that yeah, way. Yeah, it was sold out, right? And and I was amazed to see the the passion, like you described, and the excitement among the fans and the people in attendance. Um, so my experience was only that particular venue, and I saw some really unique ways that people became involved with the performance. Uh, some of it was solicited, some of it was pre-planned. What are some of the things that has stood out to you for ways that you've seen the fans? become involved with the performances themselves what stands out to you in your performances yeah that's there are so many things that um that, that come to mind when you're looking at an overview of of the live performance um 
just in in kind of a scattershot uh, answer here, um, one thing that, that that comes to mind right away was uh, um, the whole idea of how emotionally attached while the fans are to the music of Final Fantasy. This, this is not something I take for granted. I mean, this is, I think it's a unique situation that we have an RPG game, a role-playing game, and that combination of a role-playing game with many multiple characters in each game, and the way that Nobu Uematsu started from Final Fantasy I, composing music for every single character, so that everyone got their own motif and theme, and not just characters, but important battles got their own musical theme, important journeys or quests, um, uh, you know, love relationships. Um, there were many, many very specific musical themes that were that were initiated right at the beginning, and the combination of that in an RPG game is the kind of magic combination that caused, I think, caused this kind of um, uh, dedication to the music of Final Fantasy initially, because a lot of those themes come back throughout the series in various ways. I mean, you can think of the obvious themes, the Chocobo theme, the Mogul theme, Mm -hmm. um, and certain characters that come back in the series, um, you know, may have surfaced in some of the early versions and then come back out for either offshoot games or or just coming back on some of the uh, versions of the game. And their themes come back in new arrangements. So there's a great dedication to the music, first of all. I bring that up because when we, when we performed just last week in Chicago, um, a funny, it's not a funny thing, but, you know, the very interesting thing was that we had two different fans write into us asking... Um, if we, we would help them because they wanted to propose marriage to their significant others during the concert. These concerts are that important to them that, that they wanted this to be a very special moment. Um, and we're only too happy to to help them, even though Distant Worlds is such a huge kind of behemoth production. Um, we still find ways to honor the individual fan and in this case, they wrote in and had a whole text prepared for their their marriage proposal and would send us their seat numbers. So all I would have to do is before a specific piece of music. I remember in this case, the fan was into Final Fantasy XIV, was a significant uh, game for them, for both he and his, and his uh, uh, spouse-to-be. <laughs> and they, and he had crafted, using Final Fantasy XIV visuals, artwork, he had crafted his proposal with two characters from XIV proposing to each other and sent us this video. And I thought there's no way that Square Enix is going to allow us to show that on the screen. And to my shock and sh- surprise, they allowed it. I mean, this was just a couple wow. days before the concert. The Final Fantasy XIV team actually allowed us to use that. So... That was one marriage proposal. It's uh, incredible. And then we had a second one in the second half. Typically, they always want it to be before Xanarchand or Aerith's theme. Or um, The one from Final Fantasy XIV was interesting because they wanted it um, specifically before Susan Calloway was singing, and this was a world premiere of the new song 
for the new version of Final Fantasy XIV, which is called Dragon Song. And we premiered it this last week, and, and it was very interesting. But I'm just trying to indicate how emotionally tied the fans are to the music, that these concerts become important highlights in their lives. And I think it's important to to think of it that everyone in that concert hall, whether it's 2,000 seats or at Royal Albert Hall, 5,000 seats or Tokyo International Forum A, everyone in that concert is a dedicated Final Fantasy fan. Certainly they play other games as well, but but everyone there is completely dedicated to the music of Final Fantasy. And it's there's really a sense of family and, you know, everyone's in a safe spot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would, I, I, I point that out because a lot of the, these uh, fans may not come out for many other concerts. Uh, they may come out to a convention occasionally or that kind of a special event, but many of them are going to symphony orchestra concerts for the very first time, or even chamber music concerts in the case of the new world, this is their first concert experience in many cases. And it's so gratifying as, as a professional musician, as a conductor, as a music director, to be able to bring in new fans for this medium. Because you keep emphasizing, and I'm, I'm, I'm admiring that, the idea that it's live music and that that's such a special experience. And I agree with you completely that I can, I can talk about the music until I'm blue in the face, but, and people appreciate our recordings, but there's nothing as powerful as hearing um, the impact of this music live in the concert hall within the acoustic. There's some, there's some intangible magic that happens in the air um, and connects the music to all of the individuals at the, in the audience. And it's, it's uh, for me, it's also magic, uh, even though I've done it for many, many years. There's nothing more exciting than that. I do an awful lot of recordings and production work, and that's very exciting, but there's nothing like the live performance. Um, so in this case, in Miami, coming up, um, I think it's January 23rd, um, we're doing two concerts there, and... Uh, you know, the, the flexibility of a new world, we're able to do uh, either a traditional concert with a first and second half with an intermission, or we can do one longer set of maybe, you know, 75 minutes or maybe even 90 minutes of, of straight music, you know, all the way through and um, and then give everyone a break and then do another set for a new audience. So, you know, we have many different formats that we can use with a new world again, being more flexible than, than uh, the format for distant worlds. You know, I want to go back to something you said there, and, and you weren't explicit about it. it. It kind of was beneath the surface, but I get the sense that this is a tremendous responsibility, is you're talking about something that is so beloved by so many people for so many reasons on so many levels. Um, I, I can't imagine that not affecting a person and, and you were describing that. So I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the takeaways? Some of, what are some of the lessons that you've learned yourself going through any of these series, just, just the whole process of this big undefined thing? Well, um, the, the one overwhelming part is the, is 
um, how awesome the the fans and the de- dedication of the fans um, that's really something to behold um, and it's larger than just me or just Square Enix or just Nobu Uematsu. It's there's an emotional tie. You know, there's an obvious thing that when they spend hours and hours playing whatever version is their favorite version of the game, and they're they're actually assuming the role of some of these characters, and they hear this name over and over again, you can imagine how there becomes a, a real symbiotic relationship with the music and the player itself. Sure. And I think that when it comes to life on the stage for them, when they hear this theme that they've been kind of inhabiting, living, you know, I think there is a much deeper emotional connection than what I had assumed at the beginning when we first started playing the concerts. I remember being absolutely floored, shocked at the reaction of the fans to certain pieces of music. Uh, I mean, most of them problem, I would say, but certain ones were uh, incredibly uh, uh, emotional for the fans. You you could literally turn around and, and see people crying uh, during Aerith's theme. I don't, you're probably familiar with it, but uh, this, yeah. this was a character in, in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, you know, the Final Fantasy series broke a lot of new ground from the very beginning, from Final Fantasy One all the way through, it turns out that in Final Fantasy Seven, this was, I believe, if I'm not incorrect, this was the the first case of them actually showing a character dying within uh, a video game series. Um, and Aerith was a very beloved character, and and she actually died during that season, during that that version, version seven, Final Fantasy Seven. And people literally to this day still cry when we play that theme. It's amazing. Um, But on the other hand, they also have great love and affection for it. And this is a theme that most people, I hear from a lot of people, that and and Final Fantasy X's Xanarchand, those two themes tend to be used for weddings, for very special life moments. Um, You know, you, you mentioned certain things that work as lullabies for your own uh, son, um, and I think that that there's, uh, you know, Nobu Uematsu has done a great, well, a great is an understatement, an unbelievable job of capturing all the different types of emotion within this series. Um, and you know, speaking of Nobu, he's a he's a really uh, interesting uh, character. He's really just a fan of music, and. I think people don't uh, maybe don't always realize um, that that's really the driving force behind Nobu Uematsu. He's he loves classic rock. He loves fusion. He loves uh, heavy metal. He loves classical music. He loves um, film scores, and he and he loves uh, a cappella choral. Um, uh, pieces. I mean, he he loves so many different styles of music that he's much more chameleon-like than many other composers. You know, you can go through all of his music and find, um, you know, scores that are completely wildly different genres and styles and vocabularies within the same video game. Um, 
And this is more a reflection of the fact that he loves that music more than anything else. Um, and I think fans probably now realize that, that he's, uh, he has, it's, I wouldn't say it's that it's eclectic taste, but it's very wide taste. Um, I remember when I first met him, uh, and to this day, by the way, this con conversation continues. We have a little, a little thing that uh, whenever we get together, uh, we I try to stump him on classic old rock and rock things, rock groups <laughs> that I think that he'll never know. I mean, crazy esoteric bands that he never should have ever heard of growing up in Japan. <laughs> And he knows every single one of them. He can beat me on a lot of those things. It's it's absolutely wow. amazing. I try to stump him on things. He was the only person in Japan, in the entire country of Japan, when I went there, that actually knew more about me than anyone else I had ever met in North America. I mean, he knew that he was a fan of Mannheim Steamroller, which is right. maybe an original member of that group. And it's like, it's shocking, but... but I here I here I am meeting this Japanese composer who's who spent his entire life in Japan and he's a fan of Mannheim Steamroller. I mean it's not possible. <laughs> you know, it was always shocking to me that his his taste is so wide. Um he loves Celtic music. It's it's a very interesting thing and you see that within the, the Final Fantasy library. The other thing that I think is important to note is that and I say this on on concerts often to the fans that the music of Final Fantasy is infinite. And by that, I mean it's almost literally infinite because you have hundreds and thousands of hours of music, of different music, in every single game. And mm -hmm. it's not possible for us to get through all of it. Uh, let, forget about even one night, but even if, if you were to play one week in a row or two weeks in a row with a completely different concert every night, you'd never get through everything. Um, we currently have about 125 full symphony orchestra scores in our library for distant worlds. And wow. for a new world, we already have, and we've only been in existence for a year and a half, we already have well over 40 scores, and that number is climbing daily. You know, we every week we're adding new things. So uh it's it's kind of a, a wondrous thing to behold i mean i i love it um you know that there's such a wealth of music uh there's certain classics that we feel have to have to live in any final fantasy concert but uh there's always so much room to add new favorites um fans are always writing in with suggestions and one of my biggest challenges is is programming the concerts so that Square Enix wants us, first of all, to represent the entire series as much as possible right. so that we don't single out one. We can celebrate one every now and then. We just did a celebration of Final Fantasy VII uh, last week, so we had more scores from that. We did a celebration of Final Fantasy VI the year before that. Um, mm -hmm. Often it's tied to an anniversary, the 20th, release, you know, 20th anniversary release of Final Fantasy VI. Um, but, uh, generally speaking, we try to have represent the entire, um, the entire series. And we also try to stick to the main, as I say, Roman numerals. There are so many offshoot games, uh, 
uh, Final Fantasy X-2, 13-2, Final Fantasy Dissidia, Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, so we try to stick to the main Roman numerals because there's just way too much music, even just from those. The other thing that's unique about Distant Worlds and A New World is that the style of our presentation and our scores um, is very specific. Um, we this, this is not about the arrangers, though we take great pride in the arrangement and orchestration of these things. We do many of them, but you know, many of them come from uh, Nobu Uematsu's team in Japan because he is our partner in these concerts. But the fact is that we are dedicated to trying to present the music as close to the way the fan, as the fans heard it in the original version of the game. That's a very different exercise than presenting a concert of video game music that is um, an, an arrangement of themes within a larger um, format. For instance, you know, a 40-minute suite of things that might have uh, themes from Zelda or might have, you know, Nintendo games or various other things in there. Um, the problem with that, I mean, that's a lot of fun to do. And I've conducted many of those with the WDR in Germany and, and uh, all over the U.S. and North America uh, and around the world. But this concert series, the Final Fantasy concert series, is unique in that it tries to present the music very close to the way it was heard in the original game. Um, so it may be more fully orchestrated, but you're not going to hear a tremendous amount of things um, showcasing the arranger's mind, but rather showcasing the original music score by the original comp composers of Final Fantasy. And it's not just Nobu Uematsu, there's many others, of course. So there's something incredibly deep about what you said, and, and, and I do believe it was intentional because I grew up at a time when uh, in the U.S. it was they were numbered Final Fantasy two II and three. And then we had the whole number change. So it was really four and, and six. Right. But when you say playing it how you heard it, I, I believe that's incredible, because at those times, if you listen to how it's actually played out from the 16 bit machine versus how you thought you heard it at the time, there's a difference. Of course. And so you're talking about this live performance that, that in my personal experience, really did capture that. It, it was the version that I remember hearing, not just a rehash of a 16-bit processor, nor was it an over-orchestrated, over-arranged piece, but it, it really had that core to it. So I, I appreciate the depth behind what you just described well, right thank there. thank you. I mean, I, you, you kind of hit a lot of nails on the head with that, but... I think that's true. I think if you step back and look at what the presentation is and what it could be, um, I think that some some um, concerts would be better served, are, are not so well served, let's put it that way, by creating big 20 and 30 minute long suites, which can sometimes... Uh, sink under their own weight. In other words, it, there, it becomes more and more difficult for the arranger to sustain interest um, unless it's just simply a medley of themes, uh, which can also be done. That's less about the arranger, but it's 
um, if it's if it's really a symphonic fantasy uh, or a music fantasy based on themes by, then you have to be you have to be very careful. Those pieces can be a lot of fun, but I think that the fans need to step back and realize that what they're really hearing is more about the mind of the arranger and a little bit less about the actual original themes from the video game, which is fine. There's a place for that. But I think what we're trying to do here with Distant Worlds in a New World is uh, opposite from that or, or different from that, as you described. We're trying to stay very faithful to the way it was first heard. That doesn't mean that we can't introduce some interesting new orchestrations to help bring to life, you know, various themes. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's something that Nobu Uematsu encourages us to do. Um, we all want to do that. And, uh, you know, that's part of the challenge. Stay clean, cl stay simple, stay, uh, stay dedicated to the way it was first launched, that music. But um, embrace all the musical voices that you have on the stage, you know, and use them, use them uh, effectively. So, you know, it's very easy to overdo this. Um, and I think what you were saying about how uh, that it didn't become something that was uh, the that was we are always in the service of the music as opposed to showcasing the orchestra uh, um, or showcasing the performers. We want the very best performers on the stage, but this is about bringing to life this music that's so beloved to these fans. Um, and I think that. You really have to be selfless about that kind of thing. You have to dedicate yourself to that thing. Um, it's very easy to uh, go the other route and say, I'm going to create this magnum opus that is, um, you know, going to use themes by, but then in fact, you're creating a 40 minute symphonic thing that I think will be ultimately can be overwhelming. I think the way that mm. people heard these original themes in 90 second loops, three minute bits, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think you need to think about all that when you're, when you want to present it live, you have to really, it's not just a question of attention span or anything like that. I think it's, it's, you start losing impact when you start drawing out some of these um, scores uh, to be longer length and more uh, esoteric um, to maybe do variations on these themes that that are much further afield, you start losing the the impact of the more concise statement. I think. Um, anyhow, I, I'm agreeing with you in any case. <laughs> so <laughs> that's incredible. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you something that's very close to being an unfair question. I'm going to modify it a bit so it's almost fair. <laughs> uh, thinking through all the all the pieces that you've played as a part of either um, actually let's focus on a new world because this is, this is what's coming up. When you think about all the pieces that you have as part of a new world, which one is extra special to you? I'm not going to ask you, which is your favorite. I'm just going to ask you which one has a special meaning or a special place uh, for you within the context of a new world. Yeah, it's interesting. We get, we often get a question uh, either noble and I about what's your favorite Final Fantasy piece? I mean, everyone asks that question. That's really impossible. Um, I often tell them, you you know, that's really an unfair thing. You have to narrow this down. At least let us give you, you know, our favorite battle themes or our favorite character themes or something like that. And even that is too wide 
you know, of a question. Um, your question about a new world is a little bit easier to to handle because uh, it's newer and we have fewer scores that we're performing live than distant worlds right now. Um, what's my what's most meaningful? Um, it's hard to hard to determine what would be what would be the most meaningful. I will tell you one of the ones that was the most gratifying to Great. bring to life was um, Final Fantasy X, Fight with Seymour. Mm. Um, that battle theme, I can tell you that before we launched A New World, we did a couple of kind of sneak, like wink-wink versions of the chamber music uh, presentation because Square Enix wouldn't let us launch it any earlier. Um, but during 25th anniversary, during a couple of other uh, concerts, we did um, a little sneak preview of two or three pieces that we were slowly writing just to give people a taste. Like, for instance, we went out in the lobby, I remember, you know, during 25th anniversary and played maybe three pieces um, just to give the sold-out 4,000-seat crowd um, a taste of what this was going to be and to make this a little extra special. You know, we set up a little temporary stage in this gigantic lobby and... We went out there and played this thing <laughs> and, and played three pieces. Uh, one of them was a, a Chocobo uh, medley. Um, the other piece was a piece that I had written for Nobu and I to play live together, actually, for violin and organ and a few strings accompanying it from Final, Final Fantasy VI, Dark World. And the other one was this one, which is Final Fantasy X, Fight with Seymour which was a string quartet. Um, and one of the original ideas of A New World was that we would really embrace string quartet as one of the core uh, sub-ensembles of the larger group, that we would want to write two or three or four pieces for a string quartet to feature them. And I never uh, anticipated how fantastic the fight with Seymour arrangement would end up being. It was so much fun for us to write it, uh, Eric and I, and uh, and putting it together with the string quartet. We ended up writing the first version was so long, it was almost six minutes long because the original version of it is quite long. I ended up writing down, we ended up like condensing it to a about a three and a half, four minute version which we still play right, right now um, in the concerts. We'll do in Miami as well, but really a fantastic piece. Um, so that one is a very special one. Um, another one that's very special for A New World is when we're lucky enough to have with us our preferred piano soloist, ben, Benjamin Noose, um, then we're able to do more of the solo piano pieces that we love to play within this chamber music concert. One of those, which has really become his, uh, his forte has been um, a piece from final fantasy seven called those who fight or let the battles begin. It's really a fantastic um, arrangement by uh, Shiro Hamaguchi, who is actually one of the arrangers that worked with uh, Nobu Uematsu for many, many years. But the, those pieces, those are two pieces, and there's many more. 
but um, like Decisive Battle from six or Force Your Eight from uh, Force Your Way from Final Fantasy Eight. Uh, it's another beautiful one. Um, we just started playing Ivalice Landscape from Final Fantasy Twelve um, by Sakimoto, which is really just a gorgeous piece of music. So that's another thing that we love to play. But uh, we don't play anywhere else. We play that in uh, New World. Where can the fans go to learn more about the concert series, to get their tickets, to stay up to date with everything that's being worked on? Probably the easiest way to learn more about A New World is is just to log into, into the website, ffnewworld.com. Um, the concert is uh, January 23rd at, at Gusman Concert Hall. Um, this is, uh, of course, on the on the campus of the University of Miami um, in Coral Gables. Um, and it's a beautiful, intimate, um, I think, 400-something 400, 400 seats, total capacity. So everyone's going to be um, in a... Uh, in a very close proximity to the stage. Um, so it's going to be a fantastic concert, but I, I'd say the easiest way is just simply to log on to the website um, or the Facebook site, uh, ffnewworld.com or look for, look for us on uh, Facebook. It's easy to find. And it has event pages on each one of those where you can click through very quickly and purchase tickets, whatever you'd like to do. We'd love to see you there. Um, and Benjamin Noose will be there, which is fantastic. So uh, he's going to be able to play a lot of uh, a lot of big solo piano works with us. Excellent. Arnie Ruff, well, I thank you so much for your time. Um, I will include links in the show notes to all the uh, locations you just mentioned. And you'll also want to make sure you come out. There's going to be some great merchandise uh, related uh, to this event that you, you won't want to miss either. So check out the website. Check out the events there. We'll have links in the show notes. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. And there you have it. What a fantastic experience. If you love music, if you love video games, be sure to get out there. Check out one of these concerts, whether it's Final Fantasy A New World or Final Fantasy Distant Worlds or any of the other mini concerts that are starting to be offered. These performances are incredible. It's a great way to support your favorite hobby and have a wonderful time connect with some other great people be sure that you don't miss it just a reminder the contest to win a pair of tickets to a final fantasy a new world performance in miami south florida happening january 23rd stop by my website classicallytrained.net slash 34 you'll find a link there to enter the contest We'll be drawing the name on January 19th, so you have until the 19th is your deadline to enter this contest. The other thing that I'll mention is you can enter once every day. So enter as many times as you have the opportunity to do so. Best of luck to you. I look forward to seeing some of you out there at this performance in Miami on January 23rd. And thank you, Mr. Roth and the rest of the team over at Final Fantasy New World for generously providing an opportunity to do this giveaway. So until next time, Keep leveling up.